Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. On today's episode of the John Campia Show podcast, the first full trailer for the John Wick spinoff series, The Continental, is online. You know what? I really like it. Also, three-time Emmy-nominated and Emmy winner Billy Porter has reportedly had to sell his house due to the strike. Also, we're going to talk about the miserable year that Disney is having at the 2023 box office. That and a whole bunch more. The John Campia Show podcast starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show on the planet at the John Campion Show. Coming to you from right here in our quaint little studio, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world. Movies, movie news, TV and streaming, all sorts of good stuff. Not just giving you our opinions, but also giving you information and context so you guys can form your own well-informed opinions, whether the same or completely different from ours. I'm joined in studio today by Ray Ora. Hey, hey. Jonathan Voikos here. Hello, everybody. Uh, yesterday I announced that Robert Meyer Burnett was supposed to be here. We t- <laughs> we talked about it for a week. We discussed it for a week. And then late yesterday he gets a hold of me. I forgot I had to go to the DMV today. So Rob is not here today. Don't worry. He'll he'll be in next week. Psych. He, yeah, he's <laughs> off at the DMV today. But hey, you guys are here, and that's the most important thing. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to start off by talking about those topics that I listed off. And then the last part of the show, we're going to take live questions from our YouTube channel members. Now, if you're listening to this on your podcast feed, we have a YouTube channel that we put some videos up on every day. And we have a terrific group of supporters that are known as our YouTube channel members. And by the way, you should become one of our YouTube channel members. Not only do you get to send in topics and questions for our show every single day, but also you get access to exclusive emojis that Ray has designed and put up there. We have these town hall meetings going on, a whole bunch of different things. Hope you guys will join us there. All right. With all that down, let's get started with this, shall we? They've been talking about doing this continental thing for a long time. And I remember the first time I saw the first John Wick movie, I remember explicitly saying, I would watch an absolute 100%, I would watch a spinoff about just the Continental Hotel. I would love to watch it, the mythology behind it, whatever the history of it is. It just seems steeped in all this lore. I would love to know more about it. And apparently I wasn't the only one to think that. Well, it's now out. The full trailer is here. And I got to say, I really liked it. I really did. And I love the idea that it's set, it feels like it's set in the 70s mm-hmm. with sure. focusing on a young Winston who's being played by Colin Waddell in this, who, by the way, when you listen to him speak. Yeah, he has that voice. Oh, my God. I would instantly think it's young Winston. Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan. <laughs> I mean, he's got, the, but like, no, not going too heavy on the accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything like that. Um, Mel Gibson in there, apparently, as the baddie. I think that's going to bring a certain amount of force to it the whole bit. It certainly looks like it's very aware that it is a John Wick universe. Therefore, it's got to have action. 
And boy, they loaded this trailer filled to the brim with action. I mean, just every kind, whether it's gun action, hand-to-hand combat action, sword action, uh, machete action, whatever, they had it. Jumping out of buildings, exploding cars. You know, I'm surprised we didn't see a cat with a laser attached to its head. Tying her <laughs> leg around some guy's neck and oh, breaking yeah. his neck. I love that. That uh-huh. scene was great. Like, she did some pretty cool kicks, the the whole neck choke thing. I'm surprised we haven't seen that in the uh, UFC already. I just realized it's only a three-party event. Yeah, it's just... Remember, we talked about that actually a few yeah, months ago when that thing dropped. That. that was going to be a three-part event. So it is it is the very definition of a limited series. Right. It's, so it's going to be basically a really, really long movie mm-hmm. is you know what, what they're going to be doing. You know what's funny? I The whole time I was watching the um, trailer, I didn't... I completely forgot that that's supposed to be the younger Ian McShane character. Or oh, Winston. yeah, Winston, yeah. Now, now I'm interested. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I don't know why that flew over my head. Like, I I just completely forgot that was. it's about his story. Yeah, he's yeah, the main yeah. guy in so, it. So, yeah, okay. And okay. I love the line. I think my favorite line is, and we're supposed to trust the guy who can get this done who wears an ascot? And he says, what does he call it? A Siobhan? Yeah. I can't even remember. Whatever. The, I, I have no fashion. I have no fashion pedigree, so mm-hmm. I have no idea. But he says, is it Siobhan or whatever it was? Like, that's such a Winston thing to so, say. So are they going to go over, will it end with him in power, do you think? Is that is this the whole series? It seems like it because, look, it, uh, clearly the head of the Continental, at least this is what the trailer made it look like, is Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. He's the head of the Continental. And they are clearly going to war with the Continental. And they say some line in about let's take it over or whatever. So it seems like this is the origin story of how Winston came to power at the Continental. But I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But it does seem like that's the direction they're going in. I started my first Peacock series. Which oh, is it? What? Twisted Metal. Because this is on Peacock too, right? I, yes. Yeah, yes. this is on is. Peacock yeah. as well. If I'm going to gauge this show by what I saw on Twisted Metal, Twisted Metal, I have to describe as smell, uh, trash that doesn't smell. Like, <laughs> good smelling trash is what I'm saying. It doesn't, you know, it's hard to describe is that. Is that on your dating profile? <laughs> trash that doesn't it, it, smell. It, it, it's so, it's bad, but it's kind of good. I, I, I can't describe like it. Like, it doesn't, let's put it this way, it doesn't offend, right? No, 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 no. I, I want to watch the rest. Put it that right, way. Right. But well, it's not, not the best side, thing ever. Let's not get yeah. sidetracked okay, by okay. Twisted Metal. We're okay. here to talk about Continental. Yeah, but, but Peacock has I mean, the Continental. But that is good that now you've got at least some kind of baseline thing. <laughs> like your first Peacock series, right? So you're, like, you're going to get a sense of, and hopefully this is good. Yeah. I was just talking to my business guy beforehand. He hated the trailer. I, hated I, it. I, I did too, at first. You did? Just because of every trope that they tried to throw in this one trailer, I was like, okay, the guy with the half mask on. And then they have the looks to be like a brother and sister wearing the same exact exact outfit with black hair walking through an elevator. What movie has that been in? I'm just saying it's like everything I could think about of every assassin, every type of assassin you could think of. They threw in this trailer, which for some people probably works. For, For me, I was like, this is looking corny. But now that you point out this is Winston's story, I'm all in. Now the twins with the black hair is cool. Oh, I don't care about that. They're Winston. dumb anyways. But it's Winston's <laughs> yeah, story. But, but, you know, you didn't like it at first. Our business guy didn't like it at all. I, I'm not going to be surprised to find out a lot of other people don't like it. But whatever. For me, it worked. So I, I really enjoyed it. The question is for you guys. What did you think of it? 
If you didn't, maybe you're just finding out now that there is a new trailer for it out. Go check it out. I certainly enjoyed it. I can't wait to when to say it's coming out September. Oh man, I should have looked at it. Yeah, double double check the release date. But I think the trailer ends with it saying it's coming in September or someone lines. Either way, I'm very stoked for it, very excited. Hopefully you guys are too. Whatever you thought about this trailer, go ahead and jump on down in the comments and let us know your thoughts. All right. September 22nd. September 22nd. Thank you. Sorry, that was a little late, but yeah, we got it. All right. With that down, let's let's talk about this for a second. You know, we made a short video about this on our YouTube channel earlier, but I think this is really interesting because I think it humanizes the whole idea of the strikes going on because a lot of movie TV fans, especially ones that don't live in either Los Angeles or New York, they just hear about it and they say, oh, the actors, all these famous super actors, you know, uh, Robert De Niro's and your Al Pacino's and your Denzel Washington's and your Don Cheadle's and your Leonardo DiCaprio's. Oh, they're, they're on strike, right? This, this big nebulous thing with these strikes and the writers are on strike. Well, we talk a lot on the show about the fact that one of the biggest misconceptions that I think movie fans have is that any actor you've heard of, like if they're famous enough or have been in something big enough that you have heard of them, we all think they're just mega rich. They're not. There is the 1% of actors that are, as Bill Poulter would call them, uh, Billy Poulter would refer to them as fuck you rich. Mm -hmm. But that is actually a very, 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 very small minority of actors. Most actors, like anybody else, acting's their job. They get gigs. Sometimes they get gigs. Sometimes they don't. And when they don't get gigs, money can get tight and all that kind of stuff. Well, now, case in point, Billy Poulter. Billy Poulter is an Emmy Award winning actor. Not just any Emmy either. The highest award a television actor can get. The Emmy for Best Leading Actor in a Drama. It's the highest award a television actor can get. And he won that award in 2019 against the likes of Bob Odenkirk, against Jason Bateman and Ozark. I mean, against some really, really heavy hitters, he won Best Actor. And then he was nominated again in the same category in 2020, and then a third time in 2021. Three years in a row, nominated for acting's top prize in television, winning one of them. And now, according to reports, he had to sell his house. Because he can't make ends meet due to the fact that the strike is going on. This comes to us from Deadline. Wrote the following. I have to sell my house, says Billy uh, Poulter, or Porter, because we're on strike. And I don't know when we're going to go back to work, said Porter in an interview with Evening Standard. In support of his music career. The life of an artist, until you make fuck you money, which (laughs) I haven't made yet, is still check to check. I was supposed to be in a new movie and on a new television show starting in September, and none of that is happening. And I think this is going to be very sobering for a lot of movie and television fans and wake us up to a very harsh reality. Is that even some of these actors we see on the stage at award shows are not rolling in money. They got paid for doing that gig. Imagine that, you know, you work a paycheck to paycheck gig. And all of a sudden you have no work, but you still have bills that you got to pay. You still have expenses. And now all of a sudden it maybe looks like you're not going to be able to make your mortgage payments because work that you thought you had lined up is now not there and not gone. I mean, your main gig was finished in 2021. 
I think he was in that one Cinderella TV movie that oh, came out. Yeah, like, he, was. he was. Yeah, yeah. It so is it? But okay, so he had that one gig, but that's not paying him millions of dollars. I mean, I don't know how much he spent on that hat. He was an eighty for Brady. Oh, that's right. He was an eighty for Brady I again. Think, guarantee you, he didn't yeah. make a lot of money for that. I mean, maybe he can pawn the hat. <laughs> well, that's it's a, like you that's know, a could, big hat. Yeah, they make money, but people forget you also owe your your agent if you have a manager yeah. and yeah. taxes. They get percentages and takes and cuts and taxes and it and lawyer down. fees and I mean and it starts to pair again most of these actors don't make the the big fuck you money mm-hmm. so they get but they still have agent fees taken away management fees taken away law, lawyer fees taken away taxes taken away and they need to keep working or else they can't afford to meet make ends meet. And, it, and it goes beyond just even the actors just everyone who's affected by the strike is scrambling in some way oh yeah it's scrambling in some way thinking of the future, you know, and that, that's, that must be tough because it's just out of nowhere. Like he probably was sitting in his house maybe three days ago going, Hmm, maybe I, you know, let's have figure this out. And now he's just selling it. Well, we have friends. Yeah. Spencer and Laura, right. Friends of ours. Great couple. I've, I've Spencer's been on our show when we're, we're talking about the IOTC strike, but like she is a, uh, uh, unit photographer, for so she's on our, our friend Laura, she's on set of all these big shows and things like that, doing all the behind the scenes publicity photography. Amazing work. And she does amazing work. And she's on all the biggest shows. Uh Spencer is a is a uh award-winning set designer, mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. Guess what? They're not on strike, but they're out of work right now because there's no production going on. So there's a lot of people being affected by it. <laughs> Um, but again, it's, I think this is a very sobering little piece of information, a really interesting story here about an Emmy award winner having to sell his house. And it's so expensive to live down here now too. Or oh, in it's super LA. expensive to live here. Yeah. So combine all those together. Like we might hear about a not lot Not that more, I know if he lives in LA or, or not. Or yeah, we might hear about a lot more people having to do things like this in the next Oh, absolutely. hundred percent there we will. Anyway, guys. With that down, we still got to talk about this absolutely disastrous, miserable year at the box office, at least by Disney standards that Disney's been having. But before we do, we're going to take a quick moment here and thank a couple of the sponsors of today's episode of the John Campus Show podcast, our friends at BetterHelp and HelloFresh. Guys, we want to thank a sponsor of this video, BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Think about it. The person you were five years ago is not the exact person that you are today. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do until we talk things through. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. And guys, striving for better mental health is something we should all aspire to. I've talked about this before, but when somebody goes to the gym, we applaud them for getting out there to improve their physical health. Well, it's about time that we start looking at mental health the same way, not just by encouraging the people around us to look into therapy, but by also taking the step to take care of our own mental health as well. So listen, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Campia today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Campia. 
Guys, we want to thank a sponsor of today's video, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Fall is right around the corner and HelloFresh is here to help you plan for the busy season ahead with tasty dishes delivered to your door. Simply choose your recipes and pick your delivery date, then lay back and enjoy the last days of summer knowing that dinner is covered. Feel like you would love a wholesome homemade meal, but there's just not enough time? Well, with HelloFresh, all you need is 15 minutes and you'll be enjoying a tasty, satisfying meal made in your own kitchen. Just look for their quick and easy dinner options, plus quick breakfasts and lunches too. My wife Ann and I are both working professionals and dinner time is always stressful and time consuming. And that's one of the main reasons we absolutely love HelloFresh and we always end up with a great dinner. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50campia and use the code 50campia for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, that's hellofresh.com slash 50campia and use the code 50campia. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And thank you to our friends at BetterHelp and HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show podcast. All right, guys, with that down, let's go on and talk about this, shall we? You know, when you think of Disney, you know, we did a little video on the YouTube channel earlier today talking about how it's a very realistic possibility that Disney may be positioning itself right now to be acquired by Apple. But, and that's weird to think about because there is no bigger name in entertainment than Disney, right? Whether it's, you know, the classics, whether it's Star Wars, whether it's Marvel, whether it's Pixar, Disney is the biggest name in the world of entertainment. And we are accustomed, especially in the era of Marvel, like the last decade plus or so, that year after year after year, Marvel cranks out blockbuster hit after blockbuster hit after blockbuster hit. I think it might have been the year that Aladdin came out, not the old animated classic Aladdin, but rather the, right. the Will Smith live action iteration of it. I think that year alone, if I remember correctly, and I might I might be off on this. Everybody fact check me on this. I'm just yeah. doing off the top of my head. No problem. But I think they made about $5 billion films that year. Are you kidding me? 2019. $5 billion films that year. So Ray's now frantically going to go and check no, no, that no, out. No. But, yeah, I got you. But you should, yeah, find that out. But, but there's a bunch of, they, we, we are just become accustomed to whether it is a Pixar film or a Marvel film or a Star Wars film or something else entirely like a like a Lion King remake which joined the billion dollar club or an Aladdin which joined the billion dollar club they just make billions and billions and billions and even the ones that don't join the billion dollar club make huge amounts of money okay. that is just the Disney standard what are we looking at well the the year was 2019 from this list we have C Captain Marvel right that right. made a billion yeah. Endgame did uh, Far From Home make a billion does anyone remember? Uh, I don't I think it did. Um, and then that's, that's and then Aladdin, and then Aladdin. Oh, you were we're not just talking about Marvel, not just Marvel. Oh, no, sorry, anything sorry. in Disney, anything oh, in Disney's thing. So Far From Home did make a billion, one point one billion. Okay, so that was added to it as yeah, well. Yeah. And they they've that's had three. many years where they had multiple films join the billion dollar club. All right, that's just what we're accustomed to. Yeah, and Aladdin did because there was that whole conversation about. He got in some hot water about saying Little Mermaid probably wouldn't make a billion like a little right. bit yet. And of course he was right. It yeah. did. But here's the thing. 2023 has been 
I don't think it's it's hyperbole to say a disastrous year for Disney when it comes to their box office performance. A, a couple of highlights, yes, but it's been a rough year for them by Disney standards. Now, if we were talking about Paramount, eh, maybe a little bit of a down year for Paramount, but by Disney standards, this has been nothing short of a disaster. Let's take a look at the Disney films that have come out this year and what they've done. Now, first of all, by note, no billion-dollar films. Now, that's not a big deal for most studios, but Disney, that just pulls out pocketfuls of billion-dollar films every year. That's kind of notable that they weren't able to do that. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Marvels isn't going to make a billion dollars. So I, and they don't have a Star Wars movie coming out this year. They ain't going to, this is going to be the first non-pandemic year in a long time that Disney doesn't have a billion-dollar film. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is still a big win for them, right? $845 million at the box office. It is a big hit. All kudos to them. But that's where the big hits stop. Little Mermaid, off that got off to a disastrous start, managed to have, no pun intended, real human legs, and it just barely managed to make, I don't know, 5 to $10 million in profit. So, okay, it, it was able to do more than break even, make a little bit of money at $566 million. Now, that should have been a big, huge hit, but of course, Little Mermaid was a very expensive movie to make. Then Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I mean, it was, it was a poor film. It was a bad film. It lost money. And it deserved to lose money. It still made $476 million. And again, most filmmakers would kill their own mothers to have a movie make $476 million. But this is a really expensive, super high visual effects intensive Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Did that. Elemental. While also off to a horrible start. It looked like Elemental was going to finish around $250 to $275 million. Now, it is a wonderful movie. Absolutely fantastic movie. I love this movie. Not top three or four Pixar of all time, but it's a really, really great movie. And it managed to leg out $425 million at the box office. Uh, some Disney executives are suggesting that it will break even. Probably not. So there you have it. And then you get to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. A movie that cost $300 million to make. Probably $125 to $150 million in marketing. This movie, Disney took a bath on this movie. An absolute financial bath on this movie. At $369. And then you got to look at The Haunted Mansion. Now granted... The movie is still in theaters, but it's going into its third plus weekend. It's not going to make much more money. And Ray, if you can look up how much it cost to make, sure, sure. it was it was in the triple digits. The production budget of this thing, not even counting the marketing behind it. And by the way, not a bad little movie. Nope. Ray and I saw it. You know, we thought you know, that wasn't bad. It's not great, but it wasn't bad. 150 million. 150 million, and look at what it made. Ooh. That's not including marketing. Made $61 billion, billion, $61 million at the box office. Now, again, look at this list. If this list was Lionsgate, we'd be going, that's not bad at all. If this list was Paramount, we'd be saying, that's, that's pretty good. If the list was Warner Brothers, yeah, but this list, this is Disney's list. They are in 
a total freefall mm. right now. Now, now, granted, there's going to be more times like this coming because, yes, Big Papa Iger, Bob Iger is back in charge of Disney, <laughs> but it takes years. Just as it took years for us to really feel the negative impact of Bob Chapek taking over Disney, it's going to take years for us to real, really feel any of the corrective measures that Bob Iger's trying. Other than the fact that we know he's reducing the amount of production that Marvel and Star Wars is going to have and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, it's there's no other way to put it. Now, look, I have I am not an anti-Disney person, all right? Except for when it comes to a theme park. Fuck you, Disney parks. Anyway, so aside from that, I'm not an anti-Disney person, but... Guardians, great. I I like The Little Mermaid, but I, is there any other way to paint this other than a disaster? Everything I've seen from Disney on this list, everything I've seen for me is was okay at least. Like I actually enjoyed a, a bunch of these movies, but that doesn't do anything for Disney's business, right? right One guy right. liking. It seems like out of the pandemic, everyone. Everyone went through the same thing. Every uh, movie studio went through the same thing during the pandemic. They had to deal with the same stuff, right? Yeah. Disney seems to be different. The one that stands out to be different after the pandemic. And that's mainly because of the decisions that were made during the pandemic. Yeah. As well. And they, they came in to the pandemic shiny, real shiny, real. And they came out. They just look different now. It's just everything about them is different for some reason. Yeah, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. The Bob Chapek took over right as the pandemic was was starting to hit. And that's where a lot of the decisions got made. And look, then there are just some things in here that pandemic or not like right. Haunted Mansion, which is a movie that got greenlit when production post pandemic. But this is a movie that probably never should have been made. Mm -hmm. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, I think, is a result of the dilution of the Marvel brand. Mm -hmm. They were they're stretched way too thin, trying to do too much. Little Mermaid actually ended up being a delightful little movie. I, I, want to see that. I, I actually enjoyed Little Mermaid and I'm not a Little Mermaid guy, but I enjoyed that one. Again, Elemental was fantastic, but decisions made. You know, Elemental is a great, you know, um, case study here for this because it has its own unique things. During the pandemic, Bob Chapek made the decision to take all these Pixar films and put them straight to Disney Plus, which devalued the um, perceived value of Pixar films, right? You got movie like first of all, Turning Red, Soul was wonderful. I thought Luca was okay. A lot of people love Luca. I thought it was okay. But you took these movies and you dumped them right on Disney Plus, And all of a sudden now, Pixar movies were no longer must-go-to-theater event sort of films. And the one they did put out in theaters, Lightyear, was pretty subpar. Yeah. That was a pretty... And so they really did a lot of damage to the brand idea. Now, thankfully, Elemental is wonderful. It had some legs. was able to recoup a lot more money than people thought. But... I, I just don't know any other way to put it. This has been a disastrous year for Disney, and I don't know that it's going to get any better by the end of the year. And is it just me, or did Elemental not get the marketing push that Lightyear got? I mean, even when I go to Target, right, the the shelves are still filled with Lightyear toys that no one's bought. That no one bought. I, yeah. I, I haven't I seen thought, anything. Okay. I thought Elemental had a decent aware of awareness, a decent amount of awareness, I should say. I thought it had a decent amount. It may not have been as big of a marketing push as Lightyear. Um, they put a lot more energy behind the Lightyear push, but they had a very confusing marketing campaign with Lightyear because nobody really... It's like, wait a minute, is this a Toy Story movie or not? 
Mm-hmm. Like every like Tim Allen actually talked about yeah. that. I said, look, nobody knew. Like people asked me, is this a Toy Story movie? I I really don't know if it's a Toy Story movie or not. And it ended up not being very good, even though it started really strong. But anyway. Yeah, they need. Uh, but what are they what else off the top of our heads, besides the Marvels, what else does Disney have coming this year? I mean, this is something Wh- I pro- is Wish Disney or is that Dream? Dream? Wish is Disney. Okay. Wish is Disney. Yeah. Disney Animation, and you know what? They showed us a little preview for that at CinemaCon. It's an a-, a new animated film for those who haven't heard about it. It's about this kingdom where wishes come true. Creator. Is Creator. that oh that a the Fox Creator. film? <laughs> but that's still under the Disney banner. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, but it's but it's a Fox yeah, yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but you know what? Again, I don't. That movie is looking better to me. I don't think it's going to make a lot of money. And then Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, which would be is like that coming Fox. out in 2023? That is not coming out this 2024, year. 2024, not... Oh. I mean, okay, no, 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 I'm talking about the rest of this oh, year. Oh, this year, I yeah, see. This year. And of course, we got the Marvel. So yeah, I, I honestly don't think it's the situation is going to get much better for Disney this year. Disney I really Plus, don't. We got Ahsoka and Loki. I know, but that's not box office, uh, right? Okay. That's, oh, right, not, right? That's really a separate thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then there is... Uh, Thunderbolts, that's December, right? Or didn't, is that we, didn't they just announce that Thunderbolts was pushed out of no, Yeah, that got pushed. That's 20 It's got pushed. Yeah. So there's that. When is Deadpool? I'm looking forward to, to uh, Deadpool's not till next year. Yeah. So, yeah. I think this year they spent a lot of money in the wrong places and too much of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, everywhere. I think that's what Iger, to your point, that's what Iger's trying to slowly clean up. But just like, you know, in uh, Succession, he's steering his ship. It takes a long I'm steering an oil tanker. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of logistics involved. It takes years yeah. for it all to change. So oh, I, I don't yeah. know. I just think they're they are in a precarious position right now. All right, guys. With that down, we are now going to go over and start taking some questions from our YouTube channel members that they have been sending in. So, Jonathan, let's get to it. What do we got up here first? Uh, we've got one from An- uh, Anders Winberg who writes, Greetings from Sweden, John and crew. You're awesome. I noticed you stopped doing chapters on Spotify. Any particular reason? Uh, is it time-consuming, difficult, just curious? Keep on rocking. I think okay. I do the So here's going to let you in on a little something here. Uh, this is something I don't know anything about because I don't post them to uh, that. Ray is our yeah. guy who does all that. So if he's talking about the timestamps, they're in there. I don't know if Spotify actually, if I actually have to go further and actually manipulate it. But I've been, I've been putting in the timestamps there. If that's what he's talking about, yeah. We, we basically just copy over what we use for like anything we put on YouTube. So, we'll so look, we we'll haven't changed that. anything that we've been doing on our end. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. We'll look into it. So yeah. I never knew there were chapters in yeah, the Spotify playlist, to be honest with you. Either. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. Kayak writes, uh, what's the best movie you've only seen once? Uh, Schindler's List. Oh, you've only done that once. Yeah, it's hard. I, it's, I don't blame you. It, it, it's, it's Schindler's List is just one of those movies that it's magnificent in every way, but it does such a good job. I can't watch it again. Mine is along those lines then. Mine would be a be- uh, Life is Beautiful. Life is Beautiful. It's, I mean, I... I think I've only seen it like three times. Mm. And it's one of only four or five films in my life I've legitimately wept watching. Like like just wept crying. It's it's so Roberto Benigni's film, won a couple of Academy Awards. If you guys haven't seen Life is Beautiful, you absolutely should. But yeah, for me, it would be Schindler's List. Jonathan, it would be Life is Beautiful. Do you got one that you- I can't think of one on the top of my head. All right. All right. You only saw next? Oppenheimer once and you love it, so- yeah. Well, but you'll probably see it again at some point. <laughs> yeah. When it's on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what's next? Red One Real Talk writes, what's going on with Henry Golding's career? His star was so bright after Crazy Rich Asians and The Gentleman, <laughs> but I haven't heard much about uh, new projects with him since Snake Eyes flopped. 
Yeah, Henry Golding. So Crazy Rich Asians, he kind of burst onto the scene, right? Like every because first of all, the dude is stupidly good looking. Like he's a really good looking dude. He's got tremendous talent. He's got a great charm. Like he's got a um what's an actor I could he's got a Ryan Gosling kind of charm mm. when he he's on. It's like he's got that hey girl kind of charm oh, yeah. going on. That I absolutely loved. He was in the gentleman. Uh, the Guy Ritchie film, The Gentleman, and I loved him in that. He was actually a bad guy in it, which oh, really? was great. Yep. Nice. He's absolutely incredible in that. And then he did that last Christmas movie with Amelia Clark. Oh. Like, he's like, and he was, again, that's a bad movie, but he was actually pretty good in it. Amelia Clark, not, <laughs> not so much. Uh, so was that, that invite, right, John? Um, but I'll tell you what. I think Snake Eyes killed his career. Yeah, I think so too. I think Snake Eyes killed shame. his career. But, but, but he's got some things on the pipeline, but it, it's not like really. Well, the wrecked. one I'm really looking forward to is the Ministry of Ungentlemanly yeah. Warfare. And wasn't like, there that a could part be really two good. of the Crazy Rich Asians? And don't, don't they keep saying they're going to make it? Like it, oh, okay. we haven't seen it so yet. That's but not even in the works. They're going to make that. I mean, it's just too profitable. That mm. that's a franchise that's just too profitable. So they'll make a second one of that. But I really hope he can. Find a research. Oh, the other thing he was amazing in was with uh, Blake Lively and oh, yeah, Anna yeah, yeah, Kendrick yeah. in A Simple Favor. Yeah, he was he's good. really good. And by the way, if you have not seen A Simple Favor, <laughs> watch it. It's great. Um, he's a tremendous talent. He should be. I could. I could totally see him as James Bond. I a hundred percent could see him as a James Bond. But I really think Snake Eyes, which was given to him as his first real solo starring vehicle. And that movie was so bad. I think it'll be better in Transformers versus G.I. Joe. <laughs> We're not going to get into that again. All right. What's next? Spoofer Man writes, what amount would uh, Blue Beetle... Oh, no, wait. What amount of money would Blue Beetle have to make where it would be possible for him to show up in the DCU again? Maybe not a proper sequel, but a cameo supporting role that in that Booster Gold show. I, I honestly, listen, I understand James Gunn said like Blue Beetle is the first character of the DCU, but Superman Legacy is the first movie. That means the, the events that are going to happen in Blue Beetle are not canon to what the new DCU is going to be. I don't believe there is any chance that this Blue Beetle is in the DCU. No chance. That would have hurt the box office if he said, oh, if he even said something. You know, I, I, he might have even been referred further down the line. We'll, we'll bring a Blue Beetle back in. Not this one. I yeah, don't I don't doubt James Gunn's DCU will have a Blue Beetle. I just do not think it's going to be this one. Yeah. It, let's put it this way. Uh, no amount of money should make you change your plan based on the box office results of one movie. Now, if Blue Beetle came out of nowhere and made $1.2 billion at the box office, eh, maybe then you have that conversation. But honestly, this movie isn't going to make more than $300 million. It's, it's just not. I hope it's great. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to watch it. But it's not going to make more than $300 million. I hope I'm wrong, especially if it's as good as I think it might be. But, um, you know, even if it made four hundred, dollars that's not enough to bring some deadweight garbage from the DCEU into the new DCU. $500 million isn't enough. $600, $600 you're getting profitable, but that's still not enough to do it. $700. I, it, it, hierarchy of DC would change. I'll say $800 million. <laughs> if, if Blue Beetle shocked the world, made like $800 million, maybe some conversations start to happen. But let's face it, it's not going to do yeah. that. 
All right, listen, guys, we're going to take a quick break here and thank the final sponsor of today's episode of the John Campy Show podcast, my mobile service provider, and they should be yours, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Mint Mobile. Signing your life away to a big wireless provider is kind of like being trapped on a roller coaster from hell. Sure, it looks like fun at first. They probably even threw in a free phone, but now you can't get off. Month after month of insane bills and unexpected thrills, like overages and surprise fees. If that sounds like your current big wireless plan, it's time to get off the ride with Mint Mobile. For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are just $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for just 15 bucks a month. You guys know before I came to Mint Mobile, I was paying triple what I am paying now on the standard big wireless plan, and I will never go back. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped right to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com dot com slash campia cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia and thank you to our friends at mint mobile for sponsoring this episode of the john campus show podcast all right guys let's get to the rest of the questions that our youtube channel members have sent in jonathan what we got up next cj rebirth writes have you guys seen the theory of everything movie that's about the life of stephen hawking for me, it's one of the best movies I've seen, and I enjoy the chemistry between Felicity Jones and Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, I think Eddie Redmayne also got his second nomination. I think, I think so. you can I'll confirm this for me, Ray. He I got will. his second nomination for Best Actor. He won his Best Actor one for The Something Girl. <coughs> the girl with the pearl earring, the girl with the yeah. red dress. I can't remember. Anyway, whatever it was. But he had won an Academy Award. The Danish I, Girl. The, the Danish yeah. Girl. Thank you. Um, so he won his Academy Award for that, but I believe he got nominated for... Okay, no, no. Academy Award, he won for The Theory of Everything. He was nominated for The Danish Oh, Girl. I got it switched. Yeah, yeah. I could have swore he won it for The Danish Girl. 2016 was his nomination for Danish Girl. 2015, See, he won. See, this is why I check with Ray to double check this thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I got, okay, well, Ray. I was right. They, those are the two films he got nominated for. Very good movie. Very good movie. Like, I didn't think it was a top five film of the year like a lot of people did that particular year, but I thought it was a very wonderful movie. Excellent performances all around. Really, really good, solid flick. Wow, all he right. won everything that year. Yeah, yeah, he, he won a lot. All right, what's next? Uh, Crow Magnon writes, Ray's assessment of Peacock and Prime Video Bundle being called Prime Cock is correct. The alternative is P-Video. <laughs> so it ain't going to work. Hey, why aren't we getting any subscribers? I can't imagine. P-Video. Nope, not good. Prime Cock. That's what it is. That's a that's a masculine yeah. name. Hey, girl, I got some Prime Cock in my place. Want to come over Prime Cock and chill? <laughs> okay. That's the new t-shirt, Prime Cock and chill. There There'll you go. A bunch of slaps to the face. All right. What's next? All right. We got Joel who writes, played a billion dollar move billion dollar movies quiz online, had eight minutes and got 39 of 53, including the top 24. Number 25 was Minions, which was a franchise I just blanked on. Third, fourth ones. Also blanked on Pirates franchise, second and third ones. The most ashamedly forgot favorite movie of all time, Return of the King. I accept my penance of cleaning up after the Oliphants. Oh, listen, man, there's a lot of movies. You don't have to, like, there are now officially 53 movies in the Billion Dollar Club with the addition of Barbie now. 
and Barbie is climbing up the chart. Actually, so Barbie just climbed onto the chart. Let me just check here quickly where it now sits. So 53 and the all-time list as I go worldwide here and lifetime gross, Barbie is now, the, I'm going to guess 41. No, 44. 44. Barbie is now the number 44 biggest film in history, sitting at $1.042 billion. It's got another $300 million to go to catch Mario to maybe be the biggest film. Mario currently sits at, wow, Mario's way up the list. Mario is at Barbie will number jump. 15. Mario, yeah. Super Mario Bros. is the 15th biggest film of all time right now, $1.353 wow. billion. And Barbie will jump because we don't have Tuesday's numbers yet, just Monday. Right, on, so Tuesday's yeah. numbers, and then, yeah. The, so we'll see how high it'll climb on there. But yeah, there are... I mean, in the grand scheme of the of the history of the movie industry, like there are tens, if not hundreds of thousands of movies have been made. Only 53 are in that billion-dollar club. But it, that's still a big number, so you'd be forgiven if a couple of them skipped your mind. All right, what's next? Radio Mad writes, Hi, John, do you have an explanation why franchise movies such as Fast X, MI7, and Indiana Jones 5 have performed so poorly domestically compared to the rest of the world? You'll often find... I remember we talked about this when we were at AMC Theaters as well. When we were back at AMC, we did a big thing on it where there's... Think of it like a roller coaster. And this isn't always true. This isn't always true. But think of it as a roller coaster where... The front car of the roller coaster is the domestic box office. And the the rear car, it's all one roller coaster, but the rear car is like international, right? Trend-wise, you'll often see the international box office following North American trends, but on a little bit of a delay. So as, you know, if the uh, American box office, you're going straight and the American uh, thing starts to go up a thing, well, that's going up, but eventually that back car will start to go up as well. And then when a dip happens, eventually you'll see that dip follow along as well. And by the way, and just some certain types of movies will normally play better internationally than they will domestically as well. So, and, and the other thing too is this, is that stars have a bigger impact on international markets than they tend to have in North America. The impact of the star on North American box office isn't as prevalent today as it used to be at some point and certainly not as important as it is in international markets. So there's all, there's no one magic bullet reason for it. There's really a, a lot and deserves a much longer uh, discussion about it. Good question. All right. Mm-hmm. What's next? Cause cinema writes, Francis Ford Coppola said it's so great that people are going out to see Barbie and Oppenheimer because they're not part of a franchise or have a number in the name. Watch him change his tune once WB announces a Barbie sequel. Well, I mean, no, I mean, everybody knows that makes sense, right? right. Like, look, nobody faulted Warner Brothers when they said they were going to do a Joker 2, right? Joker was always meant to be a single shot standalone movie. But the movie made over a billion dollars. Nobody thought it was going to make a billion dollars. The movie got nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. And the movie won Joaquin Phoenix an Academy Award for Best First time ever that an actor in a comic book related film won Best Actor at the Academy Awards. It's never happened before. So that necessitates things. I guarantee you that even if Francis Ford Coppola himself you know what movie Francis Ford Coppola made? Mm-hmm. Godfather 2. Oh. And Godfather 3. Francis Ford Coppola knows that 
And by the way, go back and watch the offer to say, like, they weren't even thinking about a sequel until the success Godfather had, <laughs> right. right? I guarantee you, if Francis Ford Coppola himself was the producer of Barbie, I guarantee you he would be having meetings right now about a sequel. He's done it before. Yeah. He would do it again. So, I mean, Barbie, look, and, and by the way, even if they do make a sequel to Barbie, that doesn't undermine his basic point that Barbie itself as a movie was a non-franchise piece of original filmmaking. Yeah, it was based on an old toy, but no previous movie or anything like that. And so if they make a sequel, it doesn't undermine that. All right, what's next? Okay, uh, Rafael Castillo writes, excited for The Continental. I dug the new trailer. I am with you. Like, I, I again, my own business guy called me, says, saw the new Continental trailer. Tell me you didn't like it. I actually liked it, man. Like, so I've been hearing from people and Ray didn't even like it very much at first. The first time he watched it. I mean, I liked what I saw, but my only concern is, is there a story there? But we won't know till we watch it. It could be great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought they did a pretty good job basically laying out the basics of the story. There's the Continental. It's being run by Mel Gibson. Winston's brother has run afoul of the Continental. He sends Winston out to bring him in. Him and his brother actually team up conspire to go against the continental and try to take it over that that's that's all i need to know that's, I, mean, I, I know the story i'm saying is it executed well. but yes will it be good yeah and that we have will no it be idea cheesy lines bad acting exactly yeah. how many times have we seen great trailers and previews of something that ended up being poop many times unfortunately and maybe that's what will happen with the continental but but i agree i dug the trailer I and my it. only hate came from oh i don't see no dog in here and I literally also, jokingly said that. I was like, he rages mags is no dog. And There's also, no <laughs> because, like, I guess I had to get used to, oh, this is a non-Keanu Reeves yeah. universe. Yeah. The world. yeah, remember, a dog is not a continental thing. It's a John Wick thing. I know, right? I know, I know. So there's that. All right, what's next? We've got <laughs> Mr. Hank Dunn, who says, under over 45%, Peacemaker makes an appearance before Peacemaker Season 2. I mean, Man. what would he make it in? It depends. Creature Commandos is a possibility. If they do a flash forward to present, um, there's they've obviously got the uh, Waller series. But yeah, the Waller's only makes sense to me, but I don't know the timeline of release. Yeah, neither do I. Um, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say low, a low chance that we'll see. I, I think there's definitely going to be a Peacemaker season two. I mean, it was the number one show in the world, right? Um, they're going to do a season two, 100%. I, but I don't know about the chances of them doing anything until it's time for that series. We'll find out. All right, what's next? Jesse has a turtle rights. Let me just move this up here. Um, do you consider it rude when someone's reaction to scenes in a movie is just them talking out loud? Example, when I was watching Suicide Squad, anytime someone something happened, the guy next to me would constantly say things like, wow, that's weird, or ha-ha, look, he's a shark. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> was it Ray? <laughs> That's a, it sounds like you might have been sitting next to Ray. Did he have Chipotle with him? No, I don't openly talk. I just laugh. Dude, I just I laughed Meg laugh. 2 with you. I don't was laughing the whole that. time. Yes, but also saying things. Like, but not the whole time. Don't make it seem like I was talking the whole oh, time. No, no, but every time you'd have a big reaction like that. <laughs> yeah, you, I would laugh. Yeah, but you would also say something with the well, laugh, Well, to right? you, I'd be like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Time to leave. Um, Look, I'm a crazy You know, it, I guess it all depends. Like, if a big funny moment happens, if he says something that's just one quick statement in the same amount of time that a normal person would just laugh, 
I got no problem with it. Yeah, and as long as they're as long as they're confining speaking things out loud to those reaction moments, uh, I I don't think I'd have a problem but, with it. I, I'd have to be in the situation, I think. But yeah. listen to read, like read the comments. I mean, that we he also say he was making. That sounded like a horrible time to be Could honest. Be, but we also, we <laughs> oh, also, he's a shark. also he's don't a know shark. what like that guy. He might have issues. We don't know. Yeah, you know. But as yeah. long as he's not nudging you in the ribs, saying, "Hey, do you think that guy's going to end up being the murderer?" I mean, yeah. if it's just short, quick <laughs> statements in moments of reaction, again. I'm not there. I'm not sitting in that seat. Maybe I would feel differently if I was. But, uh, you know, in in theory, I think I'd be okay with that. I mean, if as long as they were confined to just those moments and the statements were short, short and quick and he never turned to me to try to get a response from me, mm. then I think I'd be okay. If some dude was constantly turning to me to talk to me personally while I'm trying to watch a movie. <laughs> no, yeah, so weird. <laughs> and you don't know him? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a different thing altogether. That'd be so weird. All right, guys, and that'll do it for today's <laughs> installment of the John Campy Show podcast. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to our YouTube channel members, well, for being channel members and supporting us, but also for sending in your topics to give us interesting things to talk about. Don't forget, guys, come on back and join us again tomorrow. We got Chris Carr is back in studio uh, tomorrow. So until then, my friends, I want to thank the people in the studio with me, Ray Ora, Jonathan Voico. See you next time. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.